Okay, hello guys, and welcome back to Breaking Butterfly. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys here for this episode because I have one of my best friends with me today, which it's so crazy to say that she's like one of my best friends in the world, and we literally met three weeks ago. So that's cool. You guys are going to hear all the tea, the whole story. But um, yeah, I have Jackie Winkler with me today, and she is a manifestation instructor and coach and authenticity master, our pirate queen. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's also Hood Winkler on TikTok and Instagram, but uh, she'll share later like every way you can find her and work with her. But she is actually someone like I found her on TikTok. I saw like a couple of her videos. Um, and yeah, she was just like so amazing, so cool. I was like so inspired by her. And then of course she's on this retreat and I'm like, I'm looking at her and her style and I'm like, she's way too cool for me. Like I, I can't talk to this girl, like whatever. She just has like the coolest style and everything. And then we like started talking a little bit and I would like share one of the most like unique things about me or like something really deep about me. And she's like, oh my God, me too. And then I'd like share something else I was struggling with. She's like, oh my God, me too. <laughs> and we're like, okay, are we best friends? And then we just ended up having like some really fucking incredible experiences together. And yeah, I'm excited to dive into all of that. And yeah, also learn about manifestation and, and all the things. So say hello. Hi. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. Good to see you. It's, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> just fumbling over my words. <laughs> Good. Glad to see you. Um, yeah. So let's get into it. Um, obviously, I introduced you a little bit, but maybe tell a little bit about your story, where you're from. Like, I feel like all of us coaches and leaders and content creators, like whatever we share about, we're usually most passionate about it because it's like near and dear to our heart. Like we have we have like a transformation story. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yeah your upbringing maybe and ju just how you got to be this powerful, badass woman. Aw, thank you. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a long journey um, that started in childhood. I would say when I was like really, really young, I lost my dad. So that was like kind of like the kickstarter into like, let's think about the meaning of life all the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then essentially as I grew up, I had, you know, a very spiritual mother and I had a lot of like formative experiences that were like kind of traumatic. And I like really struggled with that for a while. And then um, fast forward into like, you know, right before COVID, I was in this like really intense relationship. And once I ended that after COVID, um, I feel like I just blossomed into literally a, a brand new fucking person. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I started, I'd been in therapy my whole life. It really hadn't like worked for me. Um, it'd been kind of helpful, but not super helpful. So I started therapy. I started learning about manifestation. I started my manifestation practice and then like literally my entire fucking life opened up. Um, I felt like I was on this like healing journey that accelerated from like zero to a hundred. Honestly, if you guys saw me like three years ago, it would be an unrecognizable person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just became really, really passionate about this and sharing it with other people because of how transformative this work can be. 
Um, and here we are. <laughs> what was like your first, I guess, introduction to manifestation? Was it the secret? Was it like a video? Did you always know about it because your mom or like what kind of what did that actually look like? You get out of the breakup, like what what happened? Okay, well, actually, my first first introduction was The Secret, and I remember my mom had bought The Secret like DVD. There was like a whole movie, yeah, and I watched this shit obsessively when I was like ten or eleven. Really? Um, yeah, I was just obsessed with the concept of The Secret and like that it was this like ancient hidden knowledge. I all I really remember about the movie is the way that it was presented was this like ancient hidden knowledge, you know, yeah. that like now is being brought to the public eye. Um, so that was definitely my first introduction. And then I was like pretty spiritual throughout high school as well. Um, you know, I like did, did a lot of plant medicine <laughs> and kind of felt that there was this overarching connection there and this like mm -hmm. untapped wealth of, of co-creation, but I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, and then the practice itself really started, um, honestly, kind of through therapy, just realizing that like the way that we're brought up and the perceptions that we have about our world um, create every single thing in our lives unless we consciously start to take the reins on what essentially we're thinking and projecting and who we're attracting into our lives and what we're doing. And we consciously take those reins and start to create it in a direction that we want. Um, I also got really into the To Be Magnetic podcast for a while. That was really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, now I've kind of like just developed, you know, a method that really works for me. And I'm, yeah, really happy to share it. So <laughs> mm -hmm. mm, I love that so much. Yeah. I feel like the secret was kind of the start for manifestation in general. And like sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes I have like an issue with that, not an issue, but they did paint it to be like this super magical thing. And like I, Obviously, I believe in magic and I am very woo-woo, but I also am very grounded and very logical. And so I think that like because of the secret, a lot of times manifestation is painted out to be like it feels like magic, but it's also like when people say like, oh, well, like I don't really believe in manifestation. I'm like, you can't not believe in it. It's it's how the world works. Like it's not <laughs> it's not this like ancient magical mystical mate like made up thing it's like literally how energy works and how patterns work and how humans work so i guess in your own manifestation practice is it more magical woo woo or are you pretty grounded and like you know what i'm saying like the secret was yeah. very like think of a yellow lamborghini over and over and over again and it'll just show up 100% but then you get into <laughs> manifestation and you're like Oh, but like I there's shadow work and there's limiting beliefs and then there's there's still like taking action. There's all these different pieces. I guess like what is kind of your your main philosophy on manifestation? Um, so my main philosophy is definitely that it's like a combination of both, but I would say starting with action is how the magic comes in. So mm -hmm. like manifestations when they start to happen they they are literally ma magic. they feel magical yeah like it's it's like how the fuck did is this even possible you know um yeah like yeah I've just had some manifestations that are like a joke seeing my friend in Costa Rica was one of them that's like yeah. okay I saw my friend from my hometown to clarify for the audience saw my friend from my hometown in Massachusetts pretty much all the way in Costa Rica just ran into him 
So um, that kind of shit feels like magic. But what it takes beforehand is really a lot of like action. It looks like practicing a lot of kind of like inner work in order to clear out space for those things to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, And very much like also taking action towards your goals. You know, I wanted to manifest, you know, new friends and new connections. I wanted to manifest new business mentors in particular. None of that would have happened if I didn't take action to go to like, you know, this retreat in Costa Rica that I met you at. Um, Because I knew that I was going to meet those type of people there, you know, and so that happened and like everything flowed in such a amazingly magical way. But yeah, I took the action to get there. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, the same thing for like my Costa Rica experience. I remember like wanting my business to grow so badly and like wanting, like I kept asking the universe, like what, I was almost like manifesting guidance. It wasn't, I was like non-specific manifesting, but I was just like, there is like a higher level of my business and like, how do I get there? And I would sit Mm. in meditation and I'd be like, I would just like wait for the answer. I'm like, what? I'll do it. Like, I'll do what I need to do. Just like give me guidance. Like I'm manifesting this like next level. And I just kept hearing TikTok like over and over again. And I thought it was so stupid. Like I thought like I was thinking that, Mm -hmm. but like I didn't want to think that because I didn't want to do TikTok. And it just kept getting like pushed in my brain. And then like everyone I talked to, they'd like bring up TikTok. I'm like, everyone like stop mentioning TikTok. Like why does this just keep coming in my reality? Finally, I was like, okay, universe, I hear you. And I had to take that action. And I started getting on TikTok, had a video blow up. And that's how Bianca started following me. And then fast forward like six months, then she invited me on the the content creator retreat. And now she's my co-host. And that is like my retreats are my next level of my business. But I feel like so many people – and that felt magical. Like I was sitting in my office and Bianca just like messaged me out of the blue and she's like, you should come. And I was like, okay. And then I just mm-hmm. like got on the plane and went. Um, so it, like it was – there are things that are just so magical like that. Um, but yeah, we can we can talk more about like your practices and what manifestation really looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you mentioned – seeing your childhood friend in Costa Rica, we had a lot of crazy shit happen. Literally so much crazy shit happens. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your – so I, in my last episode, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, you guys can totally listen to that one and hear my experience of Costa Rica. Um, But yeah, maybe share your experience of the content creator retreat and then we can talk about envision a little bit but what was your what was your experience like okay my experience was like nuts like i said i i was manifesting these new connections in my life and a new community um new business mentors just like a lot of a lot of different things and i remember when bianca reached out to me it was this same, exactly like with you. I was just like, sure, I'll come and booked it like instantly. Like, yeah, I, in hindsight, like she could have scammed me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like a hundred percent, she didn't. And I'm glad that I just trusted and went with it because it was the best experience of my life. But, um, so before I went, I was just kind of looking at it like a little networking thing. And immediately <laughs> upon, and like literally, immediately when I first stepped into like the place where we ate lunch and everybody approached me and was like oh my god you're here I was like oh no like this is about to be a week of like transformation I could just feel it 
Um, And when I was kind of going into it, I chose kind of the topic of grief to like carry through and work through within myself. So, you know, during all of the plant medicine ceremonies and um, a lot of the workshops that we did, that was kind of what was coming up and processing for me. And essentially, I realized that like, because of this almost like heaviness of my heart, I hadn't opened myself up to people, new people in like a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And that that is like, pretty much the most fruitful thing that you can do with this lifetime is connect with other people and like, just grow these incredible relationships. Um, So that was my main experience at the retreat was just opening my heart, being vulnerable, realizing that like people who you think are like too cool for you are just like literally a mirror of you. And all you have to do is open up and be vulnerable. And then usually they open up in the same way to you. They're like, Oh my God, I thought you were too cool for me. And that's like how I, that's what I thought about you. Literally, you guys, like, I, because I've always had this, like, complex since I was, like, young or, like, in high school. Like, I just always felt, I I feel like a lot of people felt this way, but, like, yeah, I just felt like the outsider and, like, I always wanted to be, like, cool and popular and whatever. And, like, yeah, that part of my life, I was just always caring what people thought of me and, like, like, I wanted to be with the cool people, but I, like, I don't know. I just felt like this outsider or something was, like, wrong with me pretty much. Um, and so the last time I went to Costa Rica, um, I kind of talked about this in my episode of like ecstatic dance at the first content creator retreat was one of the first times I finally like through movement and embodiment, like let go of that, like judgment and shame and like wanting to like look cute and cool. Like we were getting weird on that dance floor. Like we were moving and dancing and like, I just didn't give a fuck. And it was really hard to get there. This is like a three hour ecstatic dance. And it wasn't until like the last hour that I was like actually moving my body more. Cause I'm always just like, I don't want to look weird or like, you know, I want to be like, cool, whatever. And, um, so yeah. And then coming into this retreat, like if you would have told me that I would have been shaking, screaming, crying, running around a yoga shala with someone that I thought was so cool and felt that vulnerable to be like, to love myself and to be accepting of love, even in a place where like, we're not being cool. Like if you saw us, you would have thought we are fucking crazy people. And it's just so interesting that I don't know, growing up, like I just always had this like need to like look cool. And now being cool is looking weird. Like that's cool. (laughs) I don't know. Literally. No, it's like what you said about what's his name? Walter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so legitimate. Like I would so much rather look crazy than be anxious. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had Walter on the podcast once. So my listeners might know about him and we might've mentioned that, but yeah, Walter always said like, I'd rather look crazy than be anxious. And me and Jackie were just feeling so much anxiety and we were like, yeah, we just need, we need to just go scream. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, like I said, like, I couldn't even believe I was doing that because I would never do that, like, bef- like previous to this retreat. Like, I would just feel – be very, like, reserved and, like, no. We let it all out and I honestly have, like, never felt better than yeah, after that. Literally same. I felt like it was, like, an animalistic experience is the best way to describe it. Like, yeah, I felt like I was getting in touch with, like, my animal self <laughs> in a way of just, like, stress release because, like, like you said, like, I did not – 
yeah, I did not look cute. Actually, afterwards, I like went to my room and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like fucking in like pajama pants and like a bathing suit top, and I was so fucking sunburnt and like tear streaks. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, like we were just like like running, literally running around in circles and like panting. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was so healing. Like I really felt like such a uh, an emotional or like energetic block that I had been there for so long was just like released out and then also mm-hmm. the fact that like I feel like it would not have been the same at all if it wasn't shared with another person too I was yeah. thinking about this as well like the fact that um we experienced that together and then also when other people kind of do the somatic work the fact that you experience it with other people I think makes it like all the more healing totally oh my god yes even um Brianna's breathwork mm, workshop really. like that was so powerful to do together because like when you hear someone else like start sobbing or someone else is like letting out a scream and then like everyone else would like join in and like we we're all just like to some people this might sound absolutely crazy probably not my listeners are like tapped in but yeah we're <laughs> all like crying screaming doing this breathwork and like yeah, you, you just can't do that alone. And that's why I honestly like love retreats so much because you literally have this set container to grow in that way that you you truly can't get anywhere else. Like I love coaching. I love online coaching and educating and all of that. But there's just nothing like being in person. And that's why I thought it was so funny when you're like, yeah, I thought this was going to be like a networking vacation. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people think that before they come on our retreat, even for our soul sister retreats, like a lot of times girls think they're just like paying for like a fun vacation. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you are in for a surprise. This is not, I mean, of course we do a lot of fun things, but yeah, the the retreat space is some crazy shit. So yeah, it really, really is. It definitely inspired me to be like, that's the that's the move. Like that's that's the move. That's the move. It's so healing to go to these. Yeah. What do you feel like was like your biggest lesson? I guess now that you've been home for a couple weeks and you know had more time to integrate, what do you feel like actually stuck with you? Um, I think the biggest thing that stuck with me is that. Um, I noticed at the retreat how uh, not addicted, that's not the right word, but like how attached I was to storylines that I had about myself and about my past. Mm. Um, And that I spent a lot of kind of my time in this mental headspace of like, oh, I'm this type of person because of this that happened to me Um, for good, for better and for worse. And what I realized at the retreat is like, I am whoever the fuck I am in the moment in my body, first of all. And second of all, those are just stories. Like they're literally just like, it's like a fairy tale that you tell yourself it's not what's happening in the present and you can choose your storyline at any point in time. So like I had, you know, in the past I've had this narrative that I'm like really, really not good or not fit for romantic relationships in particular. Mm-hmm. And kind of just being there made me be like, well, why the fuck do I think that? Like, I'm, I'm a good person. I, you know, I've worked on communication. I've taken the time that I need to like heal from these past things. Who's what, like, who's to say that that's, that I'm not going to be good at that in the future going forward. So it's the biggest takeaway was being like, I need to have the courage essentially to like release this old storyline and just like choose your own destiny from like 
going for like from now going forward um you can choose at any fucking point to act like the version of yourself that you want to be so that was a huge takeaway for me yeah yeah I love that and I feel like I mean do you think it's just do you think it's as simple as just choosing I think like okay um it's funny that you say that because I've been thinking about this I do think ultimately it is as simple as just choosing I think that like you do have to do a lot of kind of like backtracking type of work in order to get there Mm -hmm. um in in like some cases maybe not all cases but in my case like I really needed to kind of go back into the past and dissect like why I felt unworthy of acting in that way um and start to heal that in the ways that I know how and once I did that then it kind of just propelled forward totally yeah Yeah. I think there's like a lot of yeah going into the past and realizing that those beliefs are just complete bullshit Mm. um and also I think there's also like work needed to be done in your life like I know in my experience um a big part of it was like environment because Mm. a lot of our stories are tied to like people places and things so if you are say that you have a friend that you like grew up with and they know you as a certain person and they also hold that story for you like it's hard because it's you don't want to say like oh i have to end this friendship to to start this new narrative but for me like i that like a lot of narratives that i had um like they were only able to change once i found music festivals because i went into an environment where i could be whoever dress however talk to whoever do, like i could be whoever i wanted with no like judgment Whereas like living in Utah, like I'm surrounded by family and friends from high school and just like the Mormon religion. And like it was hard to let go of narratives when everyone was like viewing me in that way. And that's why I think people love travel so much and people think travel is like so transformative um, or just like moving to like a new city, right? Like most people say like moving out of your hometown is one of the best things you can do for your growth. And I just 100% agree because I was able to like completely evolve and shift into this different person because I didn't have people watching me or being around me and being like, well, no, this is how you are type of thing, you know? And so I don't think it's supportive to say like, oh, to transform, like you have to like let go of all your friends and move. But there are maybe conversations needed to be had like, you know, even with um, with Henry, like if I'm trying to change something about myself, like communicating that so they know not to like hold you to that story. Like mm-hmm. there was a while there where I was like so clumsy and I was like holding on to this narrative that like I'm always forgetting things. I'm always dropping things and I'm messy and like I'm clumsy. And it wasn't Henry's fault, but like I would do something clumsy and he would like – he'd kind of hold the narrative. He's like, oh, like – that's so Maddie or whatever. And then like mm-hmm. at Burning Man, um, it became this thing where like anytime I would like forget something or someone else would forget something or do something kind of dumb, they'd be like, oh my God, that's such a Maddie thing to do. And I and I had a conversation with my friends and it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, hey guys, like <laughs> I just want to let you know, I feel like I carry this narrative that I'm like messy and always forgetting things. And like, I, I don't want to hold that anymore. So like this whole, you know, oh, that's such a Maddie thing to do. Like 
let's just not say that anymore because I, I want to like shed that layer of me, you know? So sometimes it's interesting that uh, other people can hold narratives for us as well. A hundred percent. That's literally, ex- that's actually one of the biggest integration things that I've had since coming back from Costa Rica was just realizing that like, I'm no longer just because of location wise, I'm not surrounded by the people that like I met there that knew me there. Yeah. Um, and kind of like saw me probably at my best in my whole life just because like everything was going really well before I went to Costa Rica and then like going there, it was like a huge up level. Um, but coming home, it's been like challenging mostly to be around family because I'm realizing that no matter what decision I make, there's still this narrative that like I don't stick with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the past, that was like definitely true, but I'm working really hard at kind of like sticking with things and building things, um, relationships, you know, careers. And I had to come to terms with like, okay, I'm just not going to get that. Sub- like, I had a conversation with particularly the family member I'm thinking of, and they were not really open to kind of working with me. So it's like I had to be like, okay, they just can't support me in that way, period. And yeah. I'm going to have to spend more time with the people who do. And yeah. I'm going to have to give that support to myself and just keep reinforcing that and like spend as little time as possible talking about my new path with this person so that I don't kind of like – because I just don't want to hear it. Like I don't want to hear the doubt. Like just yeah. be supportive. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's – obviously people that aren't supportive, it's just them dealing with their own shit. But I always have a hard time when – like when one of my clients want to start a business – and they're like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend just thinks it's, like, such a dumb idea. And I'm like, how – if you love someone, how could you tell someone that a path that is, like, for their higher self is, like, not good for them or is, like, a dumb idea? But, you know, people have, like, their own fears or their doubts. And I think innate – like, or not innately, like, at the end of the day, like, people are trying to do what's best for them like they actually think like telling them not to not start the business is what's best for them it's not like they're Mm. trying to sabotage them but it's always hard for me to like understand like loved ones not being supportive um but yeah you really you have to just like set those boundaries exactly (laughs) literally yeah but then again that's why it's so powerful to like create the community that we did because if your family doesn't support you okay well you have like 18 people in the group chat that would hop on the phone with you at any given moment to support Mm -hmm. you. you Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then going into Envision, what did you think of Envision? Because I I gave like a whole review. I was like, let me tell you guys about this festival. I like wasn't even like talking about my personal development lessons. I was just like, here's my fucking review on Envision. I need to talk about this because – yeah. What did you what did you think? What was your experience like? Okay. So I okay, I'll start by saying I'm not like a festival goer. I'm not like a festival girly. I um are used to be in high school, but it was only small festivals. So this was the first like kind of bigger, you know, festival that I've ever been to. But it was definitely like incredible. Um the stages were like beautiful, like literally so fucking beautiful. The way that it was structured was really seamless. Maddie and I were joking while we were there that, like, the only complaint that we had was, like, the nets that were uncomfortable to sit in. And they're, like, five by five foot, like, nets. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. (laughs) We're, like, like, honestly, these nets are, like, kind of uncomfortable. 
Yeah, that, we're like, that, it's like, it, the they kind thing. of suck. Yeah, but that was like it. So everything else was like amazing. Yeah, it felt really, really safe. It felt like a really awesome community. Definitely 100% some type of like spiritual vortex going on there. Um, yeah. Just based on like the events that transpired. Um, the like connections that like, you know, we all made with like each other and with mm-hmm. like all of these other people. Like it was, it was really, really, really fun. I was like predominantly sober the whole time. So I was definitely exhausted. I was just going to say, I was like, damn, guys, Jackie did this festival completely sober. I don't know how she did. And she'd be up with us till like 8 (laughs) a.m. and just like rallying. But yeah. And like sometimes she'd have to like just go sit down because she's like, I literally like can't move my legs. (laughs) Like I can't, like I'm dying. (laughs) Yeah. You killed it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I kind of like learned to and this has been like actually a thing with with being sober and like going to see live music for me Um, has been like you just have to kind of work with your body and like meet it where it's at. If you get tired, like fucking take a nap so you can keep raging, Um, you know, and I don't know. It was just so fun. The whole thing was so fun. So I'm glad that I did it. Going sober was definitely an experience. I do notice that, like, after a certain point, I think, like, something happens physiologically with adrenaline where you you do feel kind of like you took a Xan um, and, like, everything just feels really good and you can't be anxious about anything if you tried because you're so exhausted, but, like, it feels fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely happened, but I, I had a great time. <laughs> I mean, it was... Yeah, it was so funny. Like, I'd be like, where'd Jackie go? They're like, oh, she went to go take a nap. I'm like, at home? No, on the beach. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Literally, that one morning when I fell asleep on the beach, like, thank God that we had friends there to wake me up because I fell asleep there probably at like eight in the morning after being up all night. And I was like, if nobody wakes me up, I'm literally going to wake up and have like third degree sunburn. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, no, I was grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so crazy that like, and this is why I'm so done with like raves I guess like I'm only gonna be going to like very conscious festivals is like I was literally fucked up getting blasted by lasers in the (laughs) in the pit to some dirty bass music and me Jackie and Bianca are having like spiritual breakthroughs like we're like the, the universe makes sense manifestation makes sense like oh my god like we are limitless like I was having these like it wasn't like a part it was a a party but it like wasn't it was still this like extension of this like somatic work and like this it it really is all about like the space you set and the container just like retreats it was almost like another retreat but like I said we're like partying a little bit and we're like you know in the pit just like getting down but I was still like having breakthrough after breakthrough and like clarity and inspiration coming back and motivation coming back. And yeah, it was just so wild. That, yeah, it was probably the best festival I've ever been to. Yeah, it was amazing. A hundred percent. And it was so funny that we were all like synced up. That was another thing because even though like I was sober, I felt like I was like picking up on what you guys were experiencing yeah because I remember like I went and sat and like rested or whatever and then I came back because I was having these realizations about manifestation and then you and I was like I'm having all of these realizations Maddie and you were like me too (laughs) and it was was like the same thing (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I was it was so wild and Bianca was at the same time too like I would say something to her and she's like dude I know (laughs) 
Like I know. <laughs> Actually, I don't think Bianca says dude. I can't even imagine her saying dude. But <laughs> in her words, she was like, dude, like I know, like I'm literally going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really fucking awesome. It was so fun. Um, but okay, let's transition back into manifestation a little bit. Um, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about your personal practices. Obviously, it's so different for everyone, what it might look like in their life, also different stages of your life on what practices you might use. Um, but you just had a video. We were just talking about this video that Jackie did on TikTok that like blew up. Um, and it was of a vision board. So you do vision boards, but yeah, kind of run us through. Yeah, maybe your favorite. What are your favorite ways to manifest? Um, so I definitely have a couple. Um, first of all, I sometimes like need to constantly remind myself of like the principles of how it works. Mm -hmm. Because once I start getting into the pattern of like, oh, I want this and this and this and then forgetting like exactly just how the universe kind of like works and works with you in order to achieve those. Um, Sometimes I start to like lose faith in it, which is interesting. So definitely reminding myself that like, you're constantly co-creating with the universe um, and that like any desire that you have, it's put within you to like lead you in the right direction, like whether or not you end up achieving that end desire, which oftentimes you do. Um, mm-hmm. Taking the steps to get there is going to put you on the right path to get what what is ultimately for your highest good. So that's a really important kind of like practice, I guess. Um, the biggest one that I use is self hypnosis, mm-hmm. and that has changed my whole fucking life um, in a huge way. I'll like pre record them, um, but essentially, like what that looks like is when I'm trying to figure out kind of what I'm struggling with or like where limiting beliefs come from I'll like go back and identify a memory that's associated with it and start to kind of rewrite it it's actually very similar to the um past life regression workshop that we did with Brie at the retreat Mm -hmm. um but I keep it in like this life essentially so I do that And then I also kind of reinforce what I do want. Another thing that is really, really important practice-wise is vision boarding. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an artist, so, like, I make my vision boards, like, all out, and I love to look at them, and then I hang them up at the foot of my bed, and I look at them, like, every morning. Um, Another thing that I use is I definitely, like, use kind of, like, sex magic (laughs) to Mm -hmm. to manifest (laughs) So I like will intentionally- We're actually just talking about this. Me, Tin, and Jack, and my assistant in the hot tub, we're literally talking about sex magic because of you. <laughs> Dude, it's like kind of like crazy. I've never used it with a partner because I feel like that's something that like I would want kind of like consent for, you know, and I don't really want to, you know, sit someone down and be like, hey, you want to help me manifest like a Tacoma like when we come? <laughs> but, yeah. but um but I definitely use it like personally and that's been so like transformative because if you think about it like that's one of the strongest energies that we have access to like it's such a like somatic experience and it's literally I guess like physiologically intended for us either just for pleasure or to like actually bring things into creation like Mm -hmm. another human being so like why not use that for your manifestations as well so yeah um I use that. What else do I do? I script. Um, 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 a big thing for me is surrounding myself with people that are inspiring to me. Um, mm. 
like really that whole saying about the top five people who you spend your time with you become that's like really really true and I am only kind of realizing this now to the extent that it is true but like if you are surrounded kind of like what we were saying before if you're surrounded by people who are attached to like an old version of you and you're trying to grow it's not yeah like you said it's not like you have to cut ties with everyone and just dump them and move on but like you have to manage how much of your time and energy you give to like certain I guess like behaviors or relationships that aren't like super super inspiring to you so like in manifestation seek out who has what you what you want uh who is what you want who like embodies the traits that you want and like literally just interact with them as much as possible um honestly and then taking action too in hypnosis usually it just like you actually I'll like ask myself like where's the guidance what do I need to do what actual steps am I going to take when I come out of this hypnosis and I trust whatever my highest self gives me and just fucking do it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's pretty much my practice Mm -hmm. I love that yeah I uh, yeah I've never really heard of like self hypnosis do you sell hypnosis Hypnosis. Which, okay, it's kind of funny. Like I hypnosis. I know. I don't even know hypnosis. how to say it. Hypnosis. <laughs> I it's funny because I don't, but it's often I know I will. <laughs> it's like largely what I do with clients is like I'll like hypnotize them. I can't like technically say that because I'm not a hypnotherapist, but you know, that's what I do. And then um so that's what I do with clients. I am coming out with a course where that's gonna be in the course. So you can use yeah. them like as much as you want, and then I'll probably sell like them one off. Yeah, that would be so cool because, yeah, I'm very interested. I'm sure there's, like, stuff on YouTube and stuff, too, of, like, hypnosis type things, but um, that's very interesting. I'm always a big scripter, um, but I I actually have this, like, blank wall on my – or in my bedroom right now, like, right next to my bed – and I was, like, trying to find, like, the perfect art to put there. It's literally, like, my whole apartment's, like – pretty much almost finished it's just like this one wall it's just like completely blank and yeah I feel like you're inspiring me to like put a vision board there because I'm not very artsy like thinking about finding pictures and like printing them out and like taping them up I'm like oh my god like I can't maybe I'll make it on Canva and like print it really big I don't know um but yeah I think you just inspired me to to do that I need to do that totally And I really recommend making something that, like, you love to look at. Like, make something within your aesthetic Um, because, like, that's what will really kind of connect your subconscious to, like, okay, this is, like, a reflection of me. You know what I mean? Um, Totally. Yeah. I, like, largely take all my pictures from from Pinterest, too, and then just, like, paste them up. I make it, like, a a wine night type deal. I, like, sit down and, like – drink some wine and like paste all my shit and then it's done for the whole year but I have noticed that they're so effective that I need to make them like more often like mm-hmm. I would say about mm, 50 45% of what I have on my vision board for all of 22 2023 what year are we <laughs> 2023 <laughs> um has already come true so it's kind of like yeah we're only three months in like let's um let's make a new one (laughs) totally and I don't know why I don't put my energy and effort into creating a vision board like that because like last year when I went on the first creator retreat I was like I made like a little like vision board thing just as like a wallpaper on my phone um and and I also like do little like 
images and stuff on my um, widgets on my phone. Like I'll, I'll do on my phone like little things. Mm. But I remember like I had this um, picture of this girl and she was like standing next to a sign and it said like follow that dream or something, mm-hmm. right? It was like this cheesy little sign and I just like thought it was cute. So I put it on my vision board and then I ended up going on this retreat and then flying to Tulum after and I spent three weeks in Tulum and I'm like on my little scooter like th- going through the streets of Tulum and guess what I fucking drive past? That sign? That exact sign. Like I have – Yeah, that's I- like – I have a picture next to it that looks exactly like the picture that I took Um, and like shit like that happens and I like don't make a fucking vision board like I yeah I need to do that so yeah Yeah, I think that manifestation like even if you don't make a vision board like it obviously still works in its own way where you'll kind of like achieve the the goals I, I think vision boards for me help you see how like fucking magical it is though because you'll have like like exactly like in your story you'll have things that are exactly what's on yeah. your vision board mm-hmm. show up in your life in like kind of this funny little way so I like them because it kind of helps me keep track of almost like the magic aspect of it totally. um yeah because it's like what are the odds that you would ever fucking drive past the exact sign dude I I was literally in awe I was like what the fuck hurried and like made a u-turn I was like there's like there's no way and I've heard so many stories too from like I think it might have been on the secret or it might have just been something I Mm. saw on the internet of like yeah someone had like a house on their vision board and then they like I don't know they put their vision board in like storage or something and then like a couple years later they bought a house and then they were like unpacking, moving into their house, and they found the vision board, and it was the exact fucking house. Yeah, I'm just like that. You can't make that shit up. No, you like literally can't. That's my mom manifested our my childhood house like that. Yeah, she like kept driving past it, kept visualizing it. Um, it was not for sale, and she was working with a realtor to try to find a house in Newtown when we moved there. And the realtor was like, the house that you're looking for isn't – it does not exist in Newtown. Like, you will never find this fucking house. Um, mm. You should, like, give up and go move to, like, a different place. Mm. Um, because, like, the style, the, the like, amenities, it just doesn't exist. And so she keeps, like, getting lost on the way to pick me up um, at school. And she ends up in front of this house. And she's like, oh, that would be such a nice house for me and Jackie to live in. It's just not fucking for sale, though. And then about a week later, you know, the realtor calls her and, like, Nisi, I have the house for you. You have to come in right now. And she, like, pushed a picture of the house across the table and was like, it just went on the market today. And that's where I grew up. We lived there for 17 years. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. My mom's actually amazing at manifesting houses. She just – she's been wanting to, like, live on a homesteading property with, like, you know, land – and mountains and like spring water and like all of this shit that's like really expensive essentially and she manifested getting on the deed of a house she's she lives in it with two other people but she's literally on the deed for the property they have like a ton of acreage and all of the growing space and spring water and she paid like i think 10k to be on the deed it's like a million dollar house like she just like she just like manifests the shit (laughs) she's really good at it yeah that's crazy. I feel like that's my next thing I'm manifesting is a house, is a house for Same. sure. That's like what I want. That's my yeah. biggest goal right now. Yeah. <laughs> is that yours too? I was just going to ask you like what – I want to know like what is the craziest thing you've ever manifested? I'm sure there's multiple, but like what is the craziest thing you've manifested and what are you manifesting now? Okay. 
Um, I honestly think that the things that feel the craziest to me are the small little things. Um, yeah. Kind of like meeting my friend at Envision. Um, you know, like manifesting. That's everything that I put really in the video that was on TikTok, like the necklace thing, like really small things that seem specifically exactly like what I'm manifesting. Those kind of blow my mind, but like, holy shit. I mean, I manifested my TikTok following like pretty much overnight. I I was like, I'm going to get 200K followers. Um, I started posting in June of last year and then by August, like had like 200K essentially. Um, Wow. I manifested selling this like jeep which is a whole story in itself but essentially like i was in the position where i had a car never fucking thought i would sell it never thought i would sell it for the price point i was asking like tried to sell this car for so long and was so exasperated because it was just such like a hindrance at this point and then finally actually as i'm blowing up as i'm making like my first 10k month like ever in my whole life never thought that this shit was possible um, I get a call from someone who like saw it on Facebook Marketplace was like, let's meet. I drove it 45 minutes away and he pulls up and literally was like, oh, like, how are you getting home? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I'm taking the car like right now. I have like the full amount in cash. And he just like took it. We literally wrote the bill of sale. It was in an Ikea parking lot. We wrote the bill of sale on like an Ikea like craft paper because we like didn't have any fucking paper. And I like never saw that car again. And it was like oh all set God. like manifested the car i have now which is my dream car like for the exact number of miles exact number of owners exact price point monthly payments everything Mm. um yeah crazy shit crazy shit and then what i'm yeah and then what i'm manifesting going forward um i'm definitely manifesting um a more stable like like more stability within my career because when it first kind of started happening I was very overwhelmed and got burnt out very quickly because I really just didn't expect it like I was I just did not expect things to happen that quickly so when they Mm -hmm. did I I was like whoa and kind of was like I need to take a step back from this to kind of just gather my thoughts so I did and I traveled in Venice for like two months and gathered my thoughts (laughs) for two months and um now we're kind of getting back into it. So manifesting more business stability, definitely manifesting um, the ability again to be a digital nomad because I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, definitely long term is a healthy relationship. I really, really would love to manifest a healthy monogamous relationship with like kids. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a, a home like that's similar kind of to what my mom was looking for, but like a home with land type of property those are my biggest manifestations Mm, I love that so much (laughs) um you just said something though you said like you're manifesting your TikTok following and you were like Mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna get to 200k and then you mentioned yeah my business blew up and it was like so fast like I just didn't think that was gonna happen and I think a lot of people when it comes to manifestation they kind of stress themselves out when it comes to like having self-doubt, like they really mm. almost like they make their self-doubt worse by being mad at themselves about having self-doubt, if that makes sense. Totally. Can you still manifest something if you have a little bit of doubt? Because it sounds like you – it's not like you had doubt that you were going to get there. Maybe it just happened quicker than you thought. But do you know what I mean? Like can you still manifest and feel like there's no way this is going to happen? 
Um, like literally a hundred percent. I love this question because, um, yeah, the whole time I did not know if I was going to manifest that. Like I literally didn't know it's what I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea. And really I think where kind of a lot of people get tripped up with manifestation is they think that kind of their thoughts is what brings things into fruition when that's not the case really at all. In my opinion, it's kind of like the energy behind the thought. So if you have doubt, doubtful thoughts, even if you have a doubtful energy, um, taking the steps to kind of reassure yourself and move through that as best as you can is still going to open you up to your manifestations. Yeah. Um, like it might move more incrementally, but that's okay because you're still making progress and you're still getting closer. You're still taking the steps to be on that path towards your highest good and your highest truth. Um, So yeah, for anyone who's like struggling with self-doubt and manifestation, 100% you can still manifest. And my best advice would be to try to get to the root of that doubt as much as possible and and maybe move through it, but just keep taking steps towards, you know, being authentic with yourself and taking the steps that you need to take to get towards your goals. And yeah, you will make progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Cause I think so many people think like they have to be perfect or mm-hmm. like what I talk about in my teachings with confidence is that the, the goal is never to get rid of self-doubt. It's, it's being able to not give power to it because mm-hmm. it's always going to be there. You're always going to have a thought of, well, what if this doesn't work out? Okay, well, if you have a thought of like the worst case scenario happening, it does not mean the worst case scenario is going to happen because you thought of it, right? And I just think so many people, yeah, they just like stress themselves out about it or even in business um, and talking about confidence within business. It's like so many girls are like, oh, well, like I don't want to launch my program because I, I'm having all these thoughts and feelings come up. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let the thoughts and feelings be there and still launch it anyway, right? So it's it's not about not having self-doubt. It's about being able to hear it, acknowledge it, and then just be like, I just don't – I don't want to give power to that pretty much. Mm-hmm. So almost like ignoring it, which sounds bad. It's not about like spiritually bypassing yourself or anything like that or not working through your feelings at all or like completely ignoring how you feel. Mm-hmm. It, but it's a very fine balance between – working through the doubt and then also getting to a point where you're just like, all right, I'm doubting myself, but fuck it. And like, I'm just going to keep going type of thing. Yeah, exactly. What actually comes to my mind is this. I saw it in a TikTok a couple of days ago and I was like, ah, that's how to say it. It's um, there's nothing that you need to change, but there's more that you need to embody. Mm -hmm. So it's like instead of being like, I need to change this self-doubt, I need to take it away you can have it and it can exist in its own space, but you need to embody more confidence, action, despite that, you know? Exactly. Um, Totally. Yeah. That's why I always explain it. Like we have these two voices because anyone that has self-doubt can also say they have self-belief. Like one minute you're like, like with my business girls, right? They're like, I know this is my path. I'm building this business. I fucking believe in myself. I know I'm meant to do this. And then 10 seconds later, they're like, this isn't for me. I can't do it. Who do I think I am? So we have these two voices. One is our higher self ultimately. And one is like our, our ego or just this, um, as a RuPaul calls it like this saboteur is what he says. (laughs) Um, and so we have these two voices and I always just say they're both are always going to be there. It's about which, yeah, which one you embody, like which one 
you're going to act upon, right? So mm-hmm. I, I really like that. There's nothing to change. There's just more to embody. It's like yeah. a perfect way of saying it. Totally. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. What – so shifting gears just a little bit. Um, obviously, you've gone through like – um you know, hardships in your life and dealing with like grief and, you know, being in dark places or toxic relationships. Like what would your biggest advice be for somebody that is dealing with grief or, you know, of of a parent, of a friend or of a relationship or of a job opportunity, someone that has lost something, um, what would be like your biggest advice to them? Hmm. I think my biggest advice, um, the first thing that like jumps into my mind is that there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's nothing with loss. There's nothing that you could have done differently or better that would have made that loss not happen. Like for the yeah. most part. Um, and even if there is something like, even if it's like a job or a relationship where you could have acted in like a different way and it might've like saved it, you know, say you like cheated or like wasn't, you know, great at your job. Um, sitting with exactly like who you are now after that experience and mm. not like judging yourself at all is the most like transformative thing. I think with grief, um, the biggest holdup comes with thinking that it has to be on a timeline or yeah. thinking that there has to be like a prerequisite for like letting something go. Um, there doesn't, you know, is that, is that English? There isn't. <laughs> I actually don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Anyways, there isn't a prerequisite. There isn't a prerequisite like for how you're supposed to feel in order to be able to let something go. You're just feeling exactly what you're feeling in that moment, and that's okay. Um, Another thing about grief is that I feel like it never fully goes away. Like the struggle with it does go away, but you have to learn to befriend it as like. This is just something that's, like, kind of your homie that you're going to chill with, especially with, like, really, really deep loss. Um, This is just your homie that you're going to have to chill with and, like, just acknowledge it when it comes and there's no timeline on it. Even if it's been, like, 20, 30 years since you lost that person, like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You can still kind of, like, grieve them and – and it's going to be good. Another thing was actually a big thing that I realized at the retreat during the cacao ceremony, which was, like – trust that your body will remember the memories about the person or the situation that it needs to remember and see if you can let the narrative go mm-hmm. like see if you can let like the storyline about what happened just go and feel the memory of that person in your body um feel the memory of that situation in your body and when you're able to do that I feel like you can go forward in life with a lot more like love and openness because I actually just did a video on this on TikTok, but grief is the opposite but equal expression of love. Mm. So when you, it's like grief is love with nowhere to go. Grief is love turned inward. So when you're able to kind of sit with the grief, dude, it feels like crazy. Like your heart literally like opens like a door like a little gateway um and you start to be able to lead your life from your heart space which is awesome and kind of makes you like manifest really quickly um brings incredible relationships into your life so that was long-winded but 
know there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, know that you just have a lot of love and it's got no place to go. So either direct it inwards or direct it outwards at the appropriate people and situations mm-hmm. and see what opens up for you. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I really love that. Um, I feel like I, I just did a, a masterclass about like attracting abundance and like money mindset. And I was talking about how like being able to receive money or love or an opportunity or like anything, like it's all equal, like it's all the same. Like your ability to receive one thing is your ability to <clears throat> to receive another thing. So like if you don't receive a compliment, then it's going to be hard for you to receive money. And mm. and there's so many different things. And so what kind of came up for me when you were sharing that, um, that piece about just like sitting with grief, it is like almost a level of like receiving, like yeah. you're allowing yourself to actually receive like and feel different emotions. Like it's it's the ability to feel emotions and receive, yeah, guidance, downloads, love from others, yeah. being able to receive um, love that you have to give to yourself during that time. Like there's so much power in just being able to embody things like that. And a lot of that is just receiving energy. Um, and that's kind of why I asked that too, of like, you know, just kind of sharing a little bit about grief because I feel I felt like there was some type of connection in creating your dream life in a sense. Like there's mm-hmm. lessons within the grief journey that evolve you as a as a person that is mm. so profound. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like I had a really good train of thought and I think I lost it, but we'll try. Um I think that What's also what's interesting about manifestation is there's kind of the narrative that it's only happening when you have goals or like when you're trying to get something, but that's not the case. Like you're already manifesting, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you're struggling, um, when you're struggling with something, you're often t- you're not like manifesting more struggle, but you're being mirrored in some ways um, where you need to kind of grow. So that could like for me, to give a personal example, um, I had all of this grief kind of like shoved down, stored in my body. What this looks like was, was I was attracting other people who were very clearly grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost every single one of my exes has lost a parent, mm-hmm. which is like, what are the fucking odds? You know, I feel yeah. like that's not a common thing. And it's just like we'd find each other and it's mag- it's like a magnetic pull because that's the way that the universe works. It's like, here's your mirror. You see how much they're struggling. Are you going to acknowledge how much this hurt you? You know? Yeah. Um, so when it's just essentially like, like a beautiful lesson with manifestation. So when you're able to kind of give yourself that love and sit with that grief and move through it, you're going to start attracting people who are on that wavelength now, you know, like people who might've experienced a lot of loss and grief, but they've leveled up into this like really beautiful version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and it like really only goes upwards from there. So everything that you're, you know, experiencing, it's just being mirrored back to you in this beautiful kind of dance. And our job is to move through it with as much grace and self-love as possible mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, move upwards and attract even greater things. So. Mm. I love that so much. Oh, this has been so amazing. Okay, let me ask you the last two questions that I ask every guest. Um, number one. If you at your lowest point was listening to the podcast right now, what would you say to her? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, 
don't go to the Disco Biscuits concert on December 28th, 2012. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But no, no, like in all seriousness, I would say, um, I would say that, but I would also say that um, there are many, many people who love you. Uh, even if it's not in the like direct sphere, it's not being shown to you in the ways that work for you at this moment. Um, I would also tell her very clearly that there is absolutely nothing wrong with her and that she's perfect just the way that she is, that her ultimate self-expression, you know, the things that she's drawn to, she's drawn to them for like a reason and to really not give a fuck about like what anybody says about them, just do them because they make her feel good. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and then I wish I could give her a big hug. So that's what I would say to her. I love that. We can't <laughs> you can't leave us guessing on that cliffhanger. What happened at the Disco Biscuits? Oh, concert? it was just like a disaster. Like I just snuck it was like it's like a long story, but I snuck out <laughs> with my friend Katja and she was 17 and I was 15 and um we went to New York and we went to this Disco Biscuits concert and like took a shit ton of acid and like Molly that was definitely meth. And then um <laughs> like lost our jackets and like fucking stumbled around outside in New York in minus 17 weather and then slept on like the fucking sidewalk (laughs) oh my gosh and like threw up on each other (laughs) like it was like disgusting (laughs) so that was definitely like my lowest (laughs) like my lowest point but yeah that's hilarious (laughs) I've never had somebody like every time I ask that question like yeah it's always like really special and deep and like whatever (laughs) and I've never had someone make a joke like that that was really funny (laughs) Um, I love that okay and last but not least um yeah tell everyone where they can find you um and how they can work with you amazing okay so you can find me I'm at hood.winkler on tiktok and instagram definitely trying to grow my instagram and that's where you'll get the more like personal snapshots of me so head over there um I also do coaching sessions, and if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, hoodwinkler.com. But I'm really trying to move forward and focus on kind of courses. So if you want to stay updated about that, go to my Instagram, and you'll see kind of all the deets. And yeah, I'm excited to keep learning with you guys. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Breaking Butterfly. I know the girls are just going to love this and love you. And yeah, go check her out on Instagram and on TikTok. She creates some amazing content and yeah, it's just so fucking cool. I feel honored to even call you a friend. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, of course. All right. Um, I hope everyone has a beautiful week. Thank you for um, being here and chatting with us. And I love you guys. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.